O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. Thou lovest righteousness, and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness. My heart is inditing a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the King. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thou lovest righteousness, and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness. The Epistle for the Feast of St. Lucy is written in the 10th and 11th chapters of the second epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the 17th verse. Brothers, he who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. For it isn't he who commends himself who is approved, but whom the Lord commends. I wish that you would bear with me a little foolishness, but indeed you bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I married you to one husband, that I might present you as a pure virgin to Christ. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore God hath blessed thee forever. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the thirteenth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Again the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid. In his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is a merchant seeking fine pearls, who having found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some fish of every kind, which, when it was filled, fishermen drew up on the beach. They sat down and gathered the good into containers, but the bad they threw away. So will it be in the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked from among the righteous, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? They answered him, Yes, Lord. He said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been made a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a man who is a householder, who brings out of his treasure new and old things. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. In his days shall Judah be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. 
and this is his name whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, and this is his name whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord said, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and buys that field. Around the year 283, on the island of Sicily, in the town of Syracuse, a baby girl was born named Lucy or Lucia, depending on the translation. But either way, it's Latin, meaning light. And she was born to a Roman father, whose name history forgot, and a Greek mother named Eutychus. Her family was of nobility, they had wealth, and they were Christian in a time when Christianity was still illegal in the empire. Has probably had an underground church, and the church saw persecution in that time. It's the same persecution that St. Nicholas had suffered that we heard about last week. It was that same time period. Still, even with all that, at her birth, it appeared Lucy would lead a rather comfortable life. But that would soon change. At the age of five, her father died, leaving her mother without leaving her and her mother without a protector, a guardian, and a breadwinner. Bread although they still had the wealth that he left behind and the dowry that he set aside early for his daughter, they were without him. And soon after that, her mother would come down with a terrible illness, a kind of bleeding disorder. So from a young age, she lost her father and had to start caring for her mother. And as the years passed, as she cared for her mother before she was to come of age, Lucy, in her heart, had decided never to marry. Her desire, rather, was to give her life to God in service to family and the church. And to do this, she decided she would use her expensive dowry to help the poor. Now, Lucy never mentioned any of this to her her mother. She didn't want to burden her on top of the illness that she suffered fearing that with too much, she may die soon. However, her mother also loved her daughter dearly, and she feared that she might die soon and wondered what would happen with her daughter. And so being afraid for her daughter and not asking her daughter anything, her mother set out to do the task her husband could not do when he was alive. She went out and arranged for her daughter to be married to a young pagan man so that he would take not only her daughter's hand in marriage, but also receive the dowry that would help them start their lives together. Whatever Lucy's reaction to this was, it wasn't recorded. And all that we know is that while she was betrothed, she continued faithfully caring for her sick mother. And at one point in that time, her mother desired to take a pilgrimage to a gravesite of a woman named Agatha, to the church St. Agatha, who was buried about 50 miles away there in Sicily. Now, Agatha herself was well known. She was a young woman who had been martyred for the faith about 50 years before this. She was killed at the young age of 20, 
And the church back then to honor the martyrs, early Christians would make pilgrimages to their grave sites. Sometimes the churches there would have the Eucharist right at the grave site to show that we commune with the entire church. And that is what Eutychus wanted to do, to honor those who were martyred and go to her grave site. And we don't know why this was. Perhaps you heard the story of Agatha and saw something of the same in her own daughter. Agatha also didn't want to marry. She desired to serve the church with her life, and she too was betrothed to a man against her wishes. She refused to marry, spurned her suitor, and in an act of revenge, that suitor went and revealed to the Roman government that she was a Christian. So Agatha was arrested, she was tortured, she was imprisoned in a brothel, she was shamed, and yet she remained unmoved in her faith to her very death. And perhaps that story resonated with the two women of today's story, and that's why they went. Either way, Lucy accompanied and helped her mother to that gravesite. And there they prayed to God that he might watch over them and that he might heal her mother's illness. Afterwards, they went home. And it wasn't too long after that that they found their prayer was answered. Her mother was healed of her illness, and for the first time in years, there was joy in that household. When Lucy saw that her mother was no longer burdened with an illness, after she had fully recovered, that's when Lucy decided to tell her mother her plans not to marry and what she wanted to do with her dowry, to give it to the poor. Her mother blessed her young daughter's wishes, but she hesitated to give away the wealth, the wealth of her diary, while she, her mother, was still alive, thinking she could still use it. To which her daughter said, Whatever you give away at death for the Lord's sake, you give because you cannot take it with you. Give now to the true Savior while you are healthy, whatever you intended to give away at your death. What she was telling her mother was this, whatever you do to the least of these, Christ's brothers, our Lord says you do it to him as well. So why wait until you're dead to give all you have to the poor, to the least of Christ's brothers? Why not do it now while you're living and trust that God will provide for you? And that was enough to convince her mother. So they gave her dowry away, the jewels, the money, all of it to help the poor. And Lucy, with the blessing of her mother, planned to live her life in dedication to God and to live in service of the church. And if her story were to end there, you'd have a very sweet story of a young girl living a quiet life for the Lord. But that's not how it ends. Eventually, word got out to her pagan suitor that the riches of the dowry had been given away, and at this he became furious. He felt the dowry was rightfully his, and that he had been robbed. So to seek revenge in his anger, he went to the Roman governor there in Sicily and told him that Lucy was a Christian. He knew it would happen to her. And soon afterwards, she was found, she was arrested, she was brought before the governor at 21, 22 years of age. And there before the governor and the soldiers and the crowd, she was told to renounce her faith, to blaspheme Christ, and to make a sacrifice to the Roman gods. 
Most young girls, most young boys even, wouldn't have the courage to withstand this. But with the gospel in her heart, and perhaps with the example of St. Agatha still in her mind, Lucy, before everyone, absolutely refused. So the Roman governor then had ordered her to be imprisoned in a brothel, to be violated, until she had denounced being a Christian. Now our Lord says in the gospel, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now at this point in Lucy's story, the legends of her grow. They kind of become fantastic here. And according to the legends, when the guards went to bring her to the brothel, they couldn't move her. Many men, many soldiers of great strength tried to take her away, but she couldn't be moved from the spot where she was. Then they even tried hitching a team of oxen to her to take her, take her away, and still even those beasts in all their might couldn't move her. At that point, it said that Lucy boldly proclaimed a prophecy to the governor, that the governor would be punished for putting saints to death, that the emperor would be punished and killed for his persecution of Christians, and that the persecution would soon end and Christianity would take over. So the legend goes on that the governor was so enraged at this that he'd ordered Lucy's eyes to be gouged out for foreseeing such a prophecy and that she then be put to death. And she was put to death by the sword. And the legend ends by saying that when Lucy's family took her, her, took her body for burial and prepped her body, they found her eyes miraculously mis- restored. And so whenever you see artwork of St. Lucy, that's what you'll see, a young smiling face with her beautiful eyes intact, holding a cup with the gouged out eyes inside. Legends can become rather fantastic. But usually they exaggerate the simple, more powerful truths underneath them. Most likely when the Roman soldiers went to move Lucy, they had no problem taking her away. Chances are she suffered persecution, was violated, and suffered greatly before being put to death. They could move her body. But the truth underneath it is that they couldn't remove her faith. No matter what she suffered from the strength of men or beasts or shame, they couldn't remove her faith. They couldn't remove her from the hand of her Lord. So most likely, as the governor made her suffer over and over again and tried to get her get her to apostatize again and again and again. She kept coming back each and every time with her faith stronger, preaching the gospel to him every time. Chances are she proclaimed to him the message, repent and be baptized. She was telling him in compassion that there would be eternal consequences for him and the emperor at the very end of all things when our Lord returned and that our Lord's return would end the persecution. What enraged the governor was probably hearing the gospel over and over again as he was trying to make it be quiet. And that is why he put young Lucy to death by the sword as as an example to Christians of what would happen if they proclaimed the gospel and didn't denounce it. 
Now again, our, now again, our gospel says, The kingdom of heaven is like a dragon cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full they drew to shore, and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels and threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them, out in, or cast them into the fiery furnace of fire. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The governor's hopes of killing the gospel by killing Lucy didn't happen. It actually had the opposite effect. For those living in the dark pagan Roman world, Lucy and her death, again her name meaning light, Lucy and her death became a light for them in that darkness. And as the story of her death got out, it spread and flourished through Italy, then Europe, then the entire Christian world in less than 200 years. In less than 200 years, her feast day, December 13th, most likely the day she died, was marked and celebrated by many traditions already throughout Europe. In the dead of winter, as darkness becomes more and more, as we in the Northern Hemisphere have longer and longer nights, the Feast of St. Lucy became known as the Feast of Lights in the, in the cold, long darkness. And so there's many traditions that pop up after she dies. In many countries throughout Europe, young women will wear white, white robes or dresses to symbolize her virginity and virtue. And then they'll wear a red sash to symbolize the blood she shed in her martyrdom. Then they'll also wear a crown of candles while carrying palms, becoming lights in the darkness. In some places, young women will dress as Lucy and ride on a donkey throughout the town delivering gifts to children. And families will set out bales of hay for the donkeys to enjoy after a long night of delivering gifts. It's not exactly reindeers and milk and cookies. But you see where we get all these traditions. In the gospel, Jesus said to his disciples, Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes, Lord. It is easy to misunderstand Lucy's story. Many hear it thinking that she is the hero of this story. But ultimately, she is not. And in Christ's parables that have been intertwined throughout this story, it's easy to think that Lucy or we are the heroes who sell and give up everything for Christ. But that would be to misunderstand the parables, just like it would be to misunderstand Lucy's story. The parables and the story are about Christ. In the parables, Christ is the man who left everything in heaven to come to earth to us in the incarnation, hiding his kingly glory. He came to go to the cross and give all that he has, his flesh, his blood, his life, to redeem the field of the world and pay the price for our sins so that he may establish his kingdom in this field forever. It's about what Christ does. And he's also the pearl merchant, willingly giving all he has for a single pearl. He's willing to go to the cross and die, giving up all he has to buy Lucy or to buy you or to buy me. 
He gave up all that he had for the world, and he gave up all that he had for each one of us to have each one of you as his own. He paid the full price of, for that. Which means in the story of Lucy, Lucy herself was bought by our Lord at the price of our Lord's blood. In the Spirit, the Word, and the water, He claimed her as His own and created in her that strong, unmovable faith. She didn't create that. Our Lord created that in her. He loved her first by giving up all that He had for her so that then she could love Him at the cost of everything. And the meaning to that for Lucy's story is this. Lucy wasn't named for, the, for her own light, Lucy was named after the light of Christ that was in her. The light which shined in Lucy was not her own, it was Christ's. Whether that be the light that shined in her difficult childhood or persecution or her death, it was the light of Christ which gave her that unmovable faith even unto death. And even in her death, that light still shined for centuries afterwards. Because it's Christ's light that is shining. It is Christ's light that shines through her as her story spread like fire through the church. The hero in her story is the same hero found in the parables. It is Christ and his light shining in all of it. That is why her feast day is celebrated. Because the light that shines in her is the same light that shines in you who are baptized. The unmovable faith given to her is the same unmovable faith given to you. Because it is the same Christ that died and saved her and all of us. So that by the Spirit in Christ, we too may give up everything for him as he first did for us and loved us. The light shines while we live. The light shines when we die. Because no matter how hard the darkness tries, it cannot overcome that light. So even if we die, still the light will shine in us. And that is our hope as we wait for the light to return in glory on the last day. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Blessed art thou, O Mary, for that thou hast believed, and that there shall be a performance in thee of those things which were told thee from the Lord. Alleluia. My soul doth Blessed art thou, O Mary, for that thou hast believed, and that there shall be a performance in thee of those things which were told thee from the Lord. Alleluia. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I said, O Lord, be merciful unto me. 
Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Return, O Lord, how long? And let it repent thee concerning thy servants. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. O Lord, save our rulers. Let the king hear us when we call. Save thy people and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Let us pray for our absent brethren. O thou, our God, save thy servants that trust in thee. Let us pray for the brokenhearted and the captives. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Send him help from the sanctuary, and strengthen them out of Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they watch for the morning, I say, more than they that watch for the morning. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Turn us again, O God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Arise, O Christ, for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hear us, O God, our Savior, that as we rejoice in the feast of blessed Lucy, your virgin and martyr, so we may be instructed in affection of pious devotion. O God, who sees us to be sore afflicted by reason of the frailty of our mortal nature, grant, we beseech you, that we may be relieved by your gracious visitation. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, so that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Give peace in our days, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us except thou, our God. O Lord, let there be peace in thy strength, and abundance in thy towers. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. 
through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day, and we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.